expecting uh, anything specific. But For what's sure. going? What's been uh, going on with you, man? What have uh, what things have been catching your eye lately? Uh, I've been following the uh, Apple Pro uh, Vision Pro came out, so I've been checking that out. Mostly tech stuff, and actually haven't been doing so much politics stuff lately. How about yourself? Uh, I've, you know, I've just been busy working. I did listen to a Lex Freeman podcast with mm. Ben Shapiro and Destiny. Right. Interesting. Do you know who Destiny is? I don't recall Destiny. Of course, I know Ben Shapiro. Mm -hmm. Destiny is a uh, liberal um, political commentator. Mm. I feel like Destiny and Ben Shapiro have a lot of very similar qualities. They're very quick-witted. They both talk very fast. Mm. Um, their computing power seems to be, you know, always at that rev limiter. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a very interesting conversation, and I think it was one of those that like more people should be having because they even at the end were complimenting each other and mm. talked about how they enjoyed it. And there was a lot of things that they agreed upon that you would assume with the general atmosphere that they would have been more at each other's throats mm. versus finding things that they agreed upon and then just things where they just were open about just not agreeing, but not almost insulting the other in a way. The uh, I think that's uh, in to me a, a representation of America today, uh, when we're often pitted against each other politically. I think the average American will often find a lot in common with the one on the other side, so yeah. to speak. And uh, it's often uh, media and others that and politicians that benefit from pitting each other, uh, pitting us against each other, uh, way more than uh, actual. <clears throat> The, uh, the things that we have quite a bit in common. And then there's a few often just small areas that we disagree, but there's a lot of uh, daily life and daily uh, ways of living that we actually um, on average uh, would agree with and have in common. So it's those little sticking points and they can, uh, you know, inflame those sticking points pretty substantially. But uh, it sounds like in that case, they're on opposite ends of pretty extreme ends of the uh, political spectrum and they still had a lot of common ground. And I think a lot of Americans would find that they're uh, in that same boat if they thought about it and um, started to talk to somebody on the other side. <clears throat> oh yeah. Nope, it was, it, was a, it was a cool conversation. It was an two and a half hours. So I was listening to it when I drove to the ranch <clears throat> and then drove home from the <clears throat> ranch. Um, Cause nothing, better to do than just listen to a podcast when you're driving an hour, right. 15, hour and a half. For sure. Podcasts day. are, that's podcasts are perfect for that. Driving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To me, I'm sure there's people who just jam out, listen to music, but to me, any sort of road trip, it's podcast. Mm -hmm. For sure. You know, of, of some fashion or another. Podcast wild popularity is uh, reflected in that you can still be doing other stuff and still listen in on it. And so you, you don't have to stop everything you're doing like TV to watch it. Say that, say that they there was a film of that same thing. That's a two-hour thing you'd have to sit down and watch. 
can't really do much else in that in that time period if you want to you know know what's going on so podcasts are huge for a reason for sure yeah no, I, I completely agree so fill me in on what's going on with apple uh the uh, Vision Pro came out. I think yeah. uh, pre-orders came out just the other day, and they did sell out, but they didn't make a huge amount of units compared to the iPhone. I think it was two batches of like 10,000 or something like that. Because uh, these puppies are VR headsets uh, and AR headsets that cost $3,500 a piece. Um, astronomical compared to other ones. For example, the uh, Quest 3 is 499 So it's literally, you know, many times more than uh, just one quest thing. Some of the advantages are pretty good. I do like the fact, the one thing that's really transformative that Apple has brought to the table is before you'd always need controllers or some kind of handset that the, the things would detect. And in this case, you're just using your hands. So it's the next uh, stage of the VR tech where you can, uh, it can pick up what you're doing on screen uh, interactively, but you're only using your hands. And oftentimes you're like, you like look at the thing on the screen and then tap your fingers together like that, and that acts as like a mouse click. And uh, so it's uh, it's definitely a next uh, stage. Uh, with that said, there's still a lot of issues, and I think we've talked about this before with VR, is uh, there's some amazing transformative experiences. There's these things like 360 videos where um, there's a lake in Russia that's uh, an incredible, fascinating lake, and the camera's 360, so you can actually um, record footage all around simultaneously. And being able to see that in VR and then look around and be able to see that is truly, it was, I've had some amazing experiences of seeing nature and being on top of uh, uh, the uh, uh, some of the mountains, like in the Austrian Alps, and looking down on the valleys below. Just incredible. Um, but they're just not ready for consumer. They're not on a phone or laptop level yet. They just simply aren't. <clears throat> they're just, um, there's amazing experiences, but they're still a little too techy. And uh, one thing that's coming up with the uh, Vision Pro is that it's a little too heavy still. And that's a common problem with a lot of VR headsets. <clears throat> Most of the time, if you regularly use it, both your um, disorientation, like your dizziness, as well as your uh, neck will get stronger. So you'll get used to it. But like a phone or something, it needs to be really easy, easy to use right off the bat for most people to adopt it. And it simply has some barriers to entry, like it's heavy to wear until your neck gets strong enough, as well as that most people get, a lot of people get dizzy when they first use it. Because it's disorienting, it's like another reality overlaid on your own and you're, you're, you're moving, but your body doesn't feel that it's moving. So that disconnect causes disorientation. But um, you quickly, you know, like anything, most humans will adapt pretty quick. So uh, uh, oftentimes if you keep using it, but, you know, they'll use it for 15 minutes, don't like it, never use it again. And that still is a big barrier to adoption until they get it really much lighter and uh, much more seamless in the visuals. Uh, so, <clears throat> but 3,500 is also so steep uh, that um, that itself is a pretty big barrier. With that said, both batches sold out. Now, it, whether bots bought them to then resell them on eBay, that's the real question that the tech uh, people are talking about right now is they are seeing some headsets that are now 10000 on eBay. Uh, so we got to wonder if scalpers got a hold of the main units, but um, time will tell. 
How many units uh, was in their release? I think it, I, I could be wrong, but I think I saw an article that said two batches of 10,000. Now, of course, you can compare that to Apple's iPhones, which make millions per year, but it's uh, it's they expected as much. At 3,500, there's only going to be a limited amount of people that would uh, get one anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, from some tech, people are super psyched. They're, they're all getting one. Um, I could never justify it, but um, there's definitely people out there getting them. And now it's just a question of whether scalpers bought up a bunch that were necessarily just for consumers to use. Um, but yeah, either way, they, they they're doing they're selling well. So they didn't just sit on the shelves all the units. So that's that's interesting. Even at thirty five hundred bucks a piece. I mean, <clears throat> I I'm sure you agree. Apple is not dumb. They probably have some sort of strategic plan behind just such a limited number of their price point because it was this month that they actually surpassed Samsung in um, the largest uh, cell phone retailer in the world. For sure. Yeah. Apple's success is there for a reason. And I'm sure they well planned out exactly how many units that they could expect from the demand. Yeah. And, uh, but 10,000, you know, and 20,000 maybe at most. And, and I could, it could even be more, but it's, significantly less than iPhone just goes to show that the VR market has a long way to go before it's a mass adoption <clears throat> of any kind. Yeah. Cause but, in, in quest is owned by Facebook, right? Or meta. It is. Mm -hmm. Yep. Meta. How many, do you know, off the top of your head. Do you remember their last with the quest three, how many they sold? I don't, uh, that's a good question, but it's, you know, compared to say a laptop or other computer hardware, I, I do recall here, and it's significantly less, for yeah. sure. But I mean, just like all things, before there's the mass adoption, you know, there's only going to be a couple people who own a Nintendo, right. you know, until it's in every young kid's household. That's always how it goes, it's, and that's uh, doubly so with any tech. Um, and uh, like I said, there's some really great experiences on it. You can go to Machu Picchu and actually see the ruins for yourself in 3D yeah. and you look around and these kind of experiences you for education purposes, for just uh, improving your life uh, in terms of educating yourself. It's very useful. It's, uh, it's going to be a very powerful tool going forward. Uh, it's but it's not there yet. It's the tech has a long way to go to get light enough to where it's it's really uh, useful on a scale that a lot of people would use it regularly. It's still a big, you're basically wearing like a big brick on the front of your head and it's, it's, um, it can be a little much, uh, not to mention, you know, a lot of people, they, they, they look silly doing it. So if you got them to down to a point with AR glasses specifically that looked about more or less about like Ray-Bans, then that's my bet that you will see a lot of mass adoption. Uh, that would be the type of um, thing they're aiming for. And uh, so there's some headsets that are already getting close, actually, if you use the processing of your phone. So if you hook the a cable to your phone, you can already, they're they're almost, they're just a little bit thicker than Ray-Bans, actually, and they're, but they're otherwise, they look like normal sunglasses. And uh, they have whole other screens overlaid. Uh, so you can see in front of you everything, but there's also screens overlaid going on and uh so it's it's not too far off but um 
it does still have a long way to go for sure. Yeah, and I'm not sure the difference between the Quest mm -hmm. 3 and the one Apple just released. But I mean, if we just even look at the cell phone, when cell phones came out in the 80s, they were a thousand bucks to almost four thousand bucks in the 80s. And all you could do was call somebody, you couldn't even text. Right. And now, even with inflation, a brand new cell phone, if you're going to pay cash for an iPhone, it's like 1500 bucks, but it's a literal fucking computer. Yeah, hundred percent. It will be the same path and most tech that follows yeah. that, you know, it will definitely follow that. I imagine a lot of people could use a uh, AR overlaid screen. Uh, like even while we're talking right now, you could be talking and you could have that actual data shown to you. How many units did Quest 3 sell? And mm -hmm. uh, with uh, with a little bit of voice uh, um, AI addition, I could say, you know, show me a query on the data of the sales and it would just, you wouldn't have to type anything. It would just overlay it to you right there while we're talking. So super see, useful. Definitely. That, see, oh man. It's why... We should buy two and all it's just like, how could we actually record our conversations in there mm -hmm. where it's connected to some sort of um, AI API in the back end where it's literally just populating the information that we're talking about coming up with the data, just like you were saying, as mm -hmm. we're speaking, it's just any window. So then there's no even, you don't need to pay someone to go in and edit and put in all this data over your your YouTube video, you know, because people want to see sources, they want to see data. Right. And then you're actually paying a kid to go through finding that, putting it on your screen, um, you know, editing, taking a whole day or two to edit your video when really it could just be auto populating as the conversation's going live. Um, and then you can even correct yourself on the fly because it will say, oh, this happened in 1983, not 1985. The cost was 1000 not 4,000, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Absolutely. It's like in that yeah. case with the, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It was actually 15 units in two batches, you know, that kind of thing. And yes. you would actually get the exact uh, data and the AI would be great at that. And then you combine that with overlays that you're seeing what's going on instead of like right now, if I had to do that, I had to look away. I have to look away at a laptop, mm -hmm. totally uh, breaking the whole structure of uh, the, the, the setup. So. For sure. I think that's the future of podcasting right there, man. It's, it is. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and because how many people, I think the in-person is the most ideal, but mm. right after that, it's bar none. How many people can actually travel to interact with someone, you know, regardless of who it is, like the logistics of getting Lex Friedman, Ben Shapiro, Lex is in Texas, Ben Shapiro lives in Tennessee, and um, Destiny, I think Destiny said that he was in Nebraska, but now lives in Florida. So it's like, mm -hmm. how did they get them all? Like, what's the logistics of everybody's calendars versus being able to use those headsets? Right. And the information that they're, they were pointing out about whether there was a Middle East conflict in history, whether it was about... Um, Biden's economic plan versus Trump's economic plan, et cetera, et cetera, could mm -hmm. auto-populate in there. Um, so you're actually seeing a live feed with data as they're talking. I mean, dude, that is that could be so cool. 
It'd be pretty incredible. Yeah, you, know, you could see, you know, you're talking about the Middle East and a graph of, uh, you know, Israel and the region shows up right next to you when you're talking and mm -hmm. highlights highlights areas that you're talking about while you're talking about it. And the thing is, is that otherwise I'd have to look over to another screen. If it was overlaid, you'd be able to see as well. So you'd be able oh. to see what's going on and you'll be able to be part of the conversation instead of have to break and see what's going on. Oh, whoops. The computer's got it wrong, actually. And in this case, you'd see it real time and you'd totally be able to uh, interface with it. So it has quite a few. The Quest Pro, uh, the Vision Pro is actually selling a few points that is um, a similar thing of what you're saying. One is that it has cameras all within it and outside of it. So what it also wants to do is do things like you can record a memory, say kids, your kids open their, their Christmas presents on, uh, on a couple years ago and you're actually seeing the whole scene recreated and uh you can actually see it in first person as if you were there so it's yeah. like you said like you said the best thing is a first person real but if you're a grandpa who lives far away he can now experience uh his grandkids opening presents uh like he's there as much as possible so the first thing of course is always for no matter what tech is always going to be human interaction it's simply how we're wired but mm -hmm. uh, these are these are great alternatives uh, in those kind of cases when they're across the country, and it just logistically doesn't make sense uh, to to bring everybody together like that. And that's actually what their one of their ads was literally this selling point. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, there's a uncomfortable creepiness factor to that, uh, understandably. But um, I also can see the intent. And the intent would be just be exactly for that. A wheelchair bound a family member who, et cetera, et cetera, across the country. You can give them a sense of uh, being at home like they used to be uh, as much as possible. And that was, I think, the intent, even if the delivery came off as kind of uh, awkward, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. No, it makes it, as long as uh, I am all for advancements like this, as long as it just doesn't turn our population into uh, like the people on Wally, mm. mm -hmm. where they're right. just all in wheelchairs because they everything just did everything for them, right? And they they lost their bone density. You know, they're just blobs because they're getting just tubes of food they they can go to you know ancient rome because they have the goggles on and everyone's just in a wheelchair that just goes around and they experience things i don't think that that'll ever happen really but it's that far what like you know i guess For it's sure. that. reality is always a moderation we always in our minds yeah. as humans we always predict the worst outcomes or the absolute best and reality is more boring in that it usually is right in the middle you'll have some that'll turn into blobs and some already have turned into blobs frankly yeah yeah exactly uh, so without you know, any yeah. without, yes. any, <laughs> without <it was> zero <laughs> vr headsets and yet there's still that are some that are even though they have all these uh extra tech they are still super fit and are even augmenting their tech uh the tech using tech to be more fit so uh you oh, have yeah, like, both you know yeah both are gonna and that's gonna be the play no matter how advanced the tech is 100 years from now i mean look at mark zuckerberg and jeff bezos mark zuckerberg talks about how he just he wakes up he does jujitsu he goes and surfs and then he goes into the office right and it's like so he's not you know you could almost say like <clears throat> 
that was you don't use your own supply don't get high on your own supply it's like he's he might be you know creating these experiences for people but it doesn't mean that that's how society has to go and then you look at jeff bezos that dude's probably has a more optimized blood panel today than he's ever had he looks in freaking great shape he does yeah wow he he could use that wealth to put to use to do it well instead of uh, use the wealth to turn into a blob and that's ultimately down to you know each individual and always will no matter the tech tech is simply a tool and we often try to interject our own um personalities or try to put our own project our own uh insecurities onto tech tech yeah. is not a tech is not a living thing it's simply a tool you can use it good or you can use it uh, bad. Yes. Uh, when I went to Ireland, being able to see an 800-year-old castle in VR would be super sick. But being able to actually be near it and put your hand on it is a whole—it it was an amazing experience. So that will never really ever be replaced, you know, the, with the tech. But the tech sure helps when the uh, cost and the difficulties of getting there. You could sure see a lot of it by putting on a headset and looking around um, at an 800-year-old castle. And it's pretty awesome. You know, you could see it's pretty cool. It's almost like you're there. But it won't quite ever fully replace uh, replace that. So I expect the same thing with any tech moving forward. It's You're going to have a halfway. Uh, some will use it to great effect. And, you know, smartwatch is a good one where I'll be working on a computer and time just passes and slips away. And tech is useful in that the smartwatch will tell you to get up every hour. Yeah, you know, and that's other things that otherwise I'd have to schedule my own alarms and regularly set alarms and da, 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 all this extra work I'd have to do. And then otherwise, I'd just say, hey, you don't stand up because you're it's, you've been sitting for an hour. That's super helpful, and certainly, exactly if anything, works against the uh, Wally blob uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, with that said, I wish we had a AR overlay because I uh, we're heading towards I think it's sixty percent obese or overweight in the country. And I, I wish I had the exact figures because uh, the ones I remember reading are so high that it almost seems wrong. And so I always keep doubting it. But I think it was 60, which is just astronomical. That's and that's so yeah. insane, dude. Like, I've always thought, you know, 30% would be a high benchmark. But to see more than 50% of the country is um, we're already blobs in terms of that respect if we're talking about uh, – you know, we don't even need to go to Wally stage. <laughs> We're often, in many ways, already there. So, yeah. Dude, I I made a video on how mm. in 1985 it was only about five percent of children were obese, and now it's 25 percent. Right. And just how over the decades, how it just kept doubling and doubling. Um, and it's just, so you're, I mean, you're definitely on to something. And like you were saying, I hate to have to look away to just like look up stuff when you could have the overlay. That would just be so sweet. I think that's the yeah. future of the podcasting. We got to get two of those. That's where it makes sense. And you justify buying one. For sure. Yeah. And I'm sure there's exactly people that are doing that for their business right now. They're, they exactly, they picked one up and picked one up just exactly for, um, you know, they're working in a studio, maybe doing a car. Uh, they were talking about one example would be 
if you're designing if you're designing certain uh, mechanical things like car cars and stuff, you can have uh, things overlaid from your vision and uh, make changes to the to those uh, the the structure of the vehicle as you're looking at it. Super helpful because otherwise everyone has to go back to their screens and make changes and then view the changes. Otherwise, everyone could simultaneously at the same time be seeing changes on their headset and see how the design and work is going. And they're much more collaborative in theory. Uh, it could really work. I think the real augmentation booster will be have an AI right along there with it and being able to give it um, realistic voice commands. And then it can overlay that stuff to your screen, your, your uh, headset. That would be, man, that would be just like we're talking about. Like, oh, could you bring yeah. up the, could you bring up the USOBs figures for 2020? And like, and it just would bring it up for you like that. And I don't have to turn away and type something. It would just overlay it. Man, that would, that's when you're really going to see that uh, AR VR tech be widely adopted and people will be rocking them out everywhere. You'll see like, like phones were when phone, when iPhones finally turned the corner, you know, when phones finally turned smart, turned into smartphones, suddenly you saw them everywhere. And there's always those moments in tech where it had been building up, as you said, from the eighties. I mean, that was decades before. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's often with tech. You have a hype cycle, but expect that it'll, it might take decades. It depends on the tech, but it could take 10 years or, or 20 or even more. So, uh, but it, once it does turn that corner, suddenly it's everywhere. And it's like, just like smartphones. Dude, it was uh, the guy who invented the BlackBerry. People literally told him no one's going to want a computer in their pocket. Right. Exactly. They and literally I've heard told that. They told that guy, why would anyone want email on their phone? Why would anyone want a computer on their phone? And in a counter, uh, <laughs> in a counter kind of uh, thought experiment, imagine your life without it now. And you'd have to go back to your home PC to look at your email every time. That would be yeah. maddening. So, yeah, exactly. That's it's the same kind of thing. If Why would I constantly be looking down on my phone and we're all not look, we're all looking at our phones instead of looking at each other? When I can look at you and I have information overlaid, but I can still look at you and we're still, yeah. we're still having conversations. We're still communicating, uh, but we're no longer having to have a, a, basically a wall in between us, which is our phone screens currently. Mm -hmm. That's why everybody's looking down at their phones. Um, so it's, it's a really cool uh, VR and AR. Ironically, it's often portrayed that it's going to turn everybody into Wally. But what's kind of interesting about it, similar to what the guy was saying about BlackBerry, is it could actually free us from the phone screen. Yeah. And that, that's actually the, uh, ironically, because right now it's seem as like, it's just building a wall between us. But And there will be VR that will do that, of course. Like that totally immersive uh, 3D thing requires this, in a sense, you're immersed from the outside world. But the AR is what I've always been excited about ever since this thing took off and that's augmented reality. So you can still see all around you, your environment, your real environment, but it's overlaid with information and screens and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, uh, if anything, that'll free us from our phone screens, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so. no, I like, <clears throat> you know, we both always said we, we've always been fans of advancement and technology. For sure. Because in a, well, you could say in theory and in a free market, advancements in technology allow the 
standard of living to go up and the cost of living to go down. And you just gotta figure out how that's gonna, with this VR things, there will be a correlation where that happens in your life. Just time will be the one that tells us what those actual factors are. Exactly. And we often associate today uh, tech and stuff like that with just computer tech and uh, the Zuckerbergs and you know the Microsofts. But mm -hmm. there's a really fascinating book that argues that the biggest uh, advancements that created the biggest productivity gains came in the early 20th century to mid 20th century. And that's stuff like your washing machine, your dishwasher. People forget that we used to have to do all that by hand. So these are huge productivity gains that's freed up an enormous amount of free time that then is then put to other use and has built the economy into what it is today. So you literally, that's exactly, we act like tech is just tech, but tech is, is also your washing machine. It's also your dishwasher. <laughs> so Dude, It is yeah. such a good point because you got to think of how much time energy that it saves society not just like women you know from the time that they were just like taking care of the household and For then sure. how those those things haven't changed much and they're still you know they'll change on on sort of a micro scale over the years just being right. more efficient with water you know more efficient with energy etc but it's just how important those are and how we still use them and we take them for granted kind of like what you're saying i believe yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. We don't yeah. consider that tech anymore, like it's part of our lives, but that's still part of that same innovation cycle that we're talking about with AR. That still had to do with the dishwasher and mm -hmm. all the tech that we now to take for total granted. And in many ways, this uh, smartphone, we already take that yeah. kind of for granted in the same way. I think we just take transportation. We've had cars for a hundred years and I think we take that for granted and where it's going and um as well i mean just uh, be prior to 100 years ago how in the fuck did you travel very efficiently anywhere other than a train which really only went one way and then eventually another one went the other way exactly and i think you can see real quick there's uh, videos of people who ride the amtrak today and uh, we often totally forget they have a top speed of what, maybe 35 miles an hour or stuff like that. Unless you're getting on the actual high speed rail, your trip mm -hmm. from one area to another, it takes like eight hours. And it's like from California to Northern California to Reno is like six hours or something like that. I think we were even taking, thinking about taking the kids with us on a trip one time. And it was like all day. <laughs> it would take all day to get there. So. <laughs> Me, uh... Me and Laura did that for Chance one year on his birthday. We, oh, we nice. went yeah. from Reno to Truckee. Awesome. And you have to be make it that thing that you don't do all the time because it's like, well, we can just get up to Truckee from our house where we live in about 20 minutes. Yeah. So exactly. you got to be able to go downtown, wait in line, get your ticket, which is only like eight bucks. But you get your ticket, you hope you got a good seat next to a window where you can see all the things and then yeah you're taking like three hours <laughs> to get up there and yeah. then you get off and only a, a spot where their train allows you to get off you don't get to pick where you're going to park like with a car right um and then so i had to take my car up there the day before drop it off get a ride from a buddy back down 
So then no we just had a car kidding. to drive around and then come back when we wanted to. Wow. See, and yeah. that, that, that underlines exactly what you're saying. The car was one of those tech developments like we're talking mm -hmm. about. And now we completely take it for granted. It's no longer tech. But you, we all have to understand that the AR stuff is tech that will one day be taken for granted like a car. But when the car first came out, it was the AR. It was the new thing. And people both hated it and loved it. And you'll always have that as well. There's many cases that thought the car was going to ruin everything and destroy society and et cetera, et cetera, in a similar way that um, the tech of today is discussed in certain circles, as well as that people embrace it and think it's going to fix everything and solve everything. And uh, reality is often more middle, more boring, and a yeah. mix of both. And, uh, and, the, the, yeah. and if you think about it, the combustion engine, the our everyday car, that also hasn't changed. If you take the Model T and then you take, I don't know, just a, a Honda Accord, they are vastly different. But from over the years, there hasn't been a ton that's really, really changed. Uh, kind of like your dishwasher. So we just kind of take them for granted. We want new models. You we know, don't we consider it new tech. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. But then you got guys like Elon who are who are taking the same concept, making it inter its internals different. Yeah. And pretty soon people will be having me and you will be sitting face to face in a Tesla, having a meeting or doing a podcast while we're going somewhere because it's being automated and driving on its own and there'll be this trust in society that you don't need to be having your hands on the steering wheel, foot ready on the brake, because it's going to do it on its own. It'll be completely automated. Right. And we're probably going to, there's going to be fear. We talked about this a little bit last week, I think. Mm -hmm. There's going to be the fear initially because they're going to say, oh, one of them went fucking wild and, and hit a girl on a, a lady on a bicycle and then it drug her 20 feet. And it's right. like, well... But are we going to get rid of of this progression in technology because of a boo-boo? Right. You know, it's like we can't because think about in the next 50 years when we look back and it's like, okay, these automated cars, there's less wrecks. It doesn't allow for drunk driving. Um, we're able to be as humans more productive. So then maybe you almost take the eight hour work week down at six because you're working inside your car, able to be productive inside of your car. Right. Versus taking that time for travel, you know, and then like lunch breaks and our, the human brain really only can be optimized and as efficient as possible for more of a five to six hour period than eight or 10 hour uh, work periods. I, I feel like the data on that's been like pretty, pretty clear, but businesses don't want to look at that. They just want to be like, well, can you do a 10 hour work week or an eight and a half? There's really not eight hour work week or eight work days. Sorry. There's eight and a half hour days or right. 10 and a half hour days. Um, or even when you get there and some, some laws, you have to take two breaks. So then you're in 11 an hour day, but it's like, if we're able to work in your car, be doing efficient stuff because it's being completely automated, we can't just let a boo-boo hinder that, those things. Right. You, you, I mean, you nailed it exactly where, and that's been so many cases, that's been the case, uh, um, the emergence of air flight, where we have consumer commercial air flights. 
did not many of the first crash and burn? Oh, yeah, they did. And also with trains detonating, going off the rails. How many train crashes in the 1860s yeah. and after work? So uh, we just have to have the balls to keep uh, at it. And once it's reliable, I can totally see you actually check in with your boss once you get into your vehicle and the thing's already taking you to work, but you're already interfacing with people at work and you've already begun your day shift uh, mm. in the vehicle. And that saves up productivity that we now waste literally just getting to there and back there. And there's a there's that famous figure about how much people end up spending of their lives in commutes. Yes. And that's that shit's terrible. That's that's terrifying. That's that's a horrible thing that we just we just totally toss away. Don't even consider that we're wasting a huge section of our lives just waiting yes. in the car. That's that's ridiculous. Exactly. We should be spending our time with our family, with sleep, and then being productive humans. Not you're in your car, you're getting shitty sleep. You don't see your family because you're trying to be productive in yeah. society. You know, it's like we, we kind of got to get some of these different things reworked. And with um, advancements in technology, I mean, it's really how we can actually, as a society, live a more prosperous life because we have more time on our hands and That's are right. still able to be just as efficient, if not well, more efficient. Often, you know, the it's not just the boomers, but it's often um, every generation has their group of people that think all tech in the future is going to be dystopian. But if anything, it's going to some of these are going to really help quality of life. Instead of being in a commute, you could actually have your family with you and you could be talking to them. You could be getting stuff done in your vehicle instead of your only focus needs to be on the road. And that is yeah. all that time of your life that's now taken away from everything besides the road. And imagine being exactly. that freed up. You're looking around, you're talking, you could you could have chats with your family and actually chat with them and, and help them play checkers or something and actually be able yeah. to look at them because you can't look at the, you can't take your eyes off the road. You have to look at, you know, you, you have to really focus the whole time. So a whole bunch of our lives just uh, spent focusing on the road is that um, that's, we don't realize often if it's in a, in a way that you could spin it. That's rather dystopian now. So wouldn't we want yep. to improve? Wouldn't we want to improve it for a better future where we can actually do that? And the key to that would be reliability. Uh, one thing I always said that's interesting, I've always been fascinated about LIDAR, is the average human reaction time is give or take uh, with a few milliseconds about one second. So something shoots out in front of you, you have give or take about one second reaction time. And that's the time from your brain to send the signals up your eyes uh, information to send the signals and your body to react to those signals. Right. Uh, I, I, this would be great again to have the AR overlay, but I believe it's about 50 times a second is the LIDAR's ability to do that same reaction time. So we're talking about a significantly <laughs> increased reaction time. The key of the technology right now is being able to discern whether that's a fire extinguisher or a kid. That's, yeah. that's, 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 um, there's a word for it, but I, I, I can't recall at the moment, but being able to detect what is what is where the tech needs work and they're working on it. But in terms of reaction time, uh, there's really no comparison. That will be a significant upgrade from our current setup of, in terms of reaction and, uh, saving lives when things dart out in front of our vehicles. So that's, if anything, that'll be great. Once it can actually interpolate what's, what it's, what's happening, uh, I'd be I'd feel actually significantly safer in one that's self-driving 
because its reaction time is significantly yeah. greater. And of course, if you add alcohol in there, you know, your reaction time goes down quite a bit, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and hence all and, the accidents and fatalities. <laughs> and, and here's one of the things where I want to put the trust in, in, um, in any of the, the older generation that thinks, you know, we're going to be living in the Terminator or Matrix era, or even the young generation who think people like Elon are just evil and want to make as much money right. and they're going to get us to buy their cars. The amount of technology and data that Tesla is consuming by people buying their cars and then being one of the um, best-selling sedan vehicles in the United States right now right. is that they're going to be acquiring billions and billions of hours and or miles right. to where that there ends up being no flaws. I'm not going to say no, but the probability is zero that there's going to be no flaws in their system because of the amount of miles and hours they'll be putting in by people just driving in like normal, not automated because they're able to collect all that data, put it into the base and test and work their automated driving off this. And it's like, I, so it's why I want right. I to tell people, you are not only helping sis, uh, Tesla by purchasing or leasing a car right now that's not automated, you right. are ensuring the future safety of how of the driving in our country by doing so because Ford's not putting cameras and collecting this data in their cars GMC GM they're not doing it nobody else is doing this except Tesla they right. were smart enough to day one make sure they're collecting this data for the future exactly I couldn't have said any better. The real world data is remember we're talking about that interpolation of detecting if it's a fire hydrant or not the real world data and huge amounts of it is what's going to train these models to figure it out, to finally figure it out and get it down to where you, ha you have a 99 percentile uh, thing. And, you know, we often forget, and I think uh, that's an important part of this conversation, is people are not going to accept it until it's 100%. Well, there's nothing in reality that's 100%. No. There, it's literally, it'll never get 100%. And your own driving is never 100%. There's crashes and you, have you ever not, never wrecked in your entire life? Well, if you haven't, yeah. if you have even once that a fender bender, then you're not 100% either. So you can't expect anything in reality to do the same. But if we can get it down to an acceptable amount of interpolation, like it can 97% of the time always figure out it's a fire hydrant or a young kid running across the road every time. You know, it's a dog. It's a, it can detect exactly every time down to a percentage that's acceptable. Uh, that is going to require the real world data that you're talking about. And you know yeah. what's so great about America is you can, I think we should have always have the freedom to choose to share our data, but you have to, yeah, you, you put it well that you could help your fellow Americans and help your fellow human beings by sharing that data because it's going to allow the model to train faster, more data, faster learning. But the great thing is, though, is unlike China or others, you can choose whether to share it or not. So I, yeah. I say, hey, give them, give them the chance to not share it if you want. If they don't want to share it, fine. That's your choice. That's your freedom to do so. But uh, consider sharing your data when it makes sense um, like that. The social media data, that could be more debatable, you know, in terms of your own behaviors and habits. But we're talking about your driving data. So that's a little different, yeah. you know, that's, a, that's quite a different, you can't compare all share, data sharing to the same thing. There's different circumstances 
that uh, are better or worse and can apply and cannot apply. And with driving data, that will help that machine learn faster how to figure out what's going on. And the sooner they figure that out, the sooner you can take your eyes off the road and start focusing on your job at work, focusing on talking to your your kids and, and actually spending time with them while we're transporting from one to the other. Let's free up the, our eyes on the road. You know, that's, yeah. and part of that's going to be, uh, and that's what's often lost in these dystopian future tech debates is that how much this stuff can actually help free us from stuff we're already chained to right now. And we don't even think about it. Like we just, we just been driving on like commuting and spending like a third of our lives in the car. And we didn't even, it's so, it's so ingrained. We don't even consider it like how dystopian that is. We just, we're like, Oh yeah, you, you know, it's fine. We it make it work. so ingrained. That is, <laughs> you have to nail, you have to, yep, dude, it, we are so ingrained. We just, it's normalized. It's normalized. This is just part of, part of society, part of how we're supposed to live our lives, but it's not. It doesn't it's, have to be that way. No. It does not have to be that way. Uh, it could be so much better. And like any uh, tech I've ever seen, it's a double-edged sword. And it'll create weird uh, dystopian things, but it also create really cool new opportunities. And I think we just talked about the new opportunities that it's going to create yeah. and uh, as well. So we'll allow people to even more be blobs. They don't even have to like focus on the road. They can just roll themselves into the car and just fucking, you know, sit there and just like, <laughs> but yes, it yeah. will do that too. But uh, yeah, for sure. You know. But like we were saying, it'll also let the other group of people who choose to just be productive oh. sit facing the people who are in the back. All of us are facing each other, playing checkers on the way to take our kids to elementary school. Exactly. You know, you're, you're, maybe you don't have kids or it's not your day to drop them off and you're doing all your emails before you even get in the office. You've answered to 40 different emails. You know, you've already done a half hour, depending if you live in LA, almost two hours worth of work in your Easily. car to get into the office to check in go everybody you have a shorter work day because of that productivity on the way home you're doing xyz whatever that is and it's it's beneficial you could either buy a tesla model x opt in to share your data opt out to share your data or you can buy a chevy equinox where the nsa is fucking taking your data you don't even know it and there's no benefit to society of that data going out to them, which you didn't authorize. And since they didn't install the cameras in the right places, they can't even collect accurate yeah. data anyway. So they can't even yeah. get the right data anyway. So, and I was even thinking about what you're saying uh, during that time is uh, like Laura would say, she'd have to go somewhere on the freeway in LA and then go somewhere else. And there's an hour there, 45 minutes there. Mm -hmm. uh, imagine uh, easily within reason, you got some barbells now you're literally doing some of your workouts instead of going to the gym after there, you're literally on your way home. Uh, you're on, you're on a inclined bike. You're doing some actual dumbbells right in the car. That's, that's the, yeah. these are the kind of things. These are the kind of things. Uh, yes. It's going to create drug addicts who could just roll and, and, and people who could just roll themselves and, and be even more incompetent. Yes. It'll enable that. It's an enabler for that, but it's also enabler for somebody to hop in their vehicle It'll take you where you need to go, and you're literally doing dumbbell workouts. And so and as a free society, if someone wants to be this alcoholic drug addict, that is up to their choice. The right. thing about a free society is you cannot um, 
impede on someone else's freedoms. Therefore, if you're getting in your automated driving car, there's zero chance of you getting in a drunk driving accident and imposing your drunk lifestyle on an innocent civilian. Exactly. And that's exactly, that's a great opportunity. That's a great opportunity to talk about the freedom aspect. Those drunk drivers are imposing their uh, problems on others. And it's one thing if you got your own, you're making your own problems, your own problem, but you are, I mean, how many lives have been wrecked by that? Dude, that's something I mean, we would significantly fix. Significantly. I'm sure we've known people in our lives who've been functional alcoholics who will just drive intoxicated, never get in an accident. But it's what if they just didn't have a blinker on and got pulled over? What if they rolled through a stop sign and right. then just how that impacts that DUI impacts their life? When it's oh, like, yeah. oh, we're, we're just in a totally automated car. You know, so not even talking about the alcoholic who is just blacked out belligerent, who's going to get in an accident at some point, but there are people in today's society who are functioning addicts. Functioning addicts, and they impose problems on others, and they also wreck their own life by their decision. And as we've talked about before, we've normalized this whole thing. But is that not yeah. super? It's fairly, it's fairly dystopian, if you actually think about it. Imagine an alternative where... You can go to the bar, enjoy the company of your friends, and make it safely home and not have to depend on a sober driver. That's that's freeing. All of you guys can drink together. How many times does a sober guy have to put up with everyone else for the night? And we have mm -hmm. that classic scenario. Now everyone can partake as friends, and you all go home safely. That is less dystopian than the current environment that we've normalized, and we don't even yeah. think twice about it. We don't even think or or the girl who gets the drink at the bar with her friends and because someone's going to say, well, get a fucking Uber. It's right. like, well, what about it? I know it's the exception and it's more than anomaly, but the girl who accidentally got in the wrong car right. thinking it was an Uber was intoxicated and then was murdered because that's literally happened. It's literally happened that's and right. enough, enough times to be concerned. And you're at the end yeah. of the day, you're literally getting a car with a stranger at the end of the day, it's 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 just it opens up circumstances and situations that could you not would have not be better to avoid them altogether. It certainly makes sense to me. <laughs> yes, I got an Uber story for you. Mm -hmm. I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I put in Uber. It's a uh, Ford Explorer white that is on my app, and it's a girl named like Sherry. Right. White Ford Explorer, matching license plate, pulled up. Did not look like a Sherry. It was a dude. Wow. So I get in, and Creepy. he said Sherry was actually his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And he was running some Ubers for her. This dude was like, because we had to get on the freeway. We had to get out of this uh, neighborhood and go to the hotel because I was at a, he picked me up from a Whole Foods. Right. And uh, so I Ubered to a Whole Foods. I had to get another Uber back to my hotel. So you had to get on the freeway. He was driving fucking crazy. Like, fucking wild for having someone in your car who's a stranger. Right. And you're an Uber running it under your girlfriend's Uber license. He was driving fucking wild. I think I didn't do a complaint. I gave him a tip. It's just habit. I give everybody a tip. You can right. see a perfect five-star rating on Uber. Anyone who wants to go check. For sure. But anyone else, I think nine out of ten people would have complained. 
would have been like one, it wasn't Sherry, it was fucking Billy. Right. And two, he looked like he was fucking a little skinny crackhead kid. And three, he was speeding like a motherfucker. Right. And if I have, you could even rent these automated cars, automated Teslas in another city so you don't have to rely on an individual driver. It would be no different than an Uber, just automated. And that's that's the future that we're opening up. There's times when yeah. random strangers isn't, with human interactions, isn't necessarily a better thing. And the first thing that came to my mind is, thankfully, he didn't seem to be that way. But if you're some weirdo, pedo piece of shit, uh, you could say, you know, women would feel more comfortable having a woman driver. And then this guy shows up and he's a guy. And that could lead to those to yeah. situations where he could take advantage of that situation if he's some weirdo like that. And uh, the you're creating all these uh, circumstances that you would simply avoid. You would simply clear the fog if you had the thing drive you home. It's that simple. Dude, <laughs> I remember him That's either running a, running a stop sign or a stop light. Right. And when he realized he did it, he just did one of these like, oh, my bad. Just Crazy. like so nonchalant <laughs> about it. And I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I was I was really glad there wasn't a lot of other cars during this time of the day. Right. On the road. Um, but yeah, it was it was like, fuck, dude. Like, An interesting thing on. about the uh, AI tech is that if the uh, interpolation the detecting misinterprets it's one thing but if it detects that it's a stoplight it's always going to stop at a stoplight humans can choose to blow right through a stoplight that's yes. the whole thing they can choose the computers don't have that kind of option you're going to have the type of safety that we simply don't have right now if you're going to drive with a stranger who just chooses to blow past a red light that there's there is none of that and that if it might misdetect it like i said there's no nothing perfect but it's not going to on purpose say, oh, my bad, and just... Oh, my <laughs> bad. My bad, dog. <laughs> and fly right through a, a stoplight, potentially putting not only yourself in danger and him, but also the people you collide with. Exactly. Crazy. So these are the kind of things we've totally normalized. We don't even pay it a second thought. But if you give it a second thought, they're fairly dystopian right now. So why don't we improve that and make that better in our lives? And a big way to do that would have be ones that could drive you home. You know, so many cases that we've even had, the wedding and everything else. If you had a driver, you could spend more time hanging out together at the bar and stuff. Yeah. And then and then get and then get drove home and everyone would still make it home relatively safe and sound. And uh, it, it's times that's like that that just... You know, we just we're just normalizing them. We don't even think twice about it. You just have to suffer the consequences now, <laughs> right now. Did you drive um, back with us in the Tesla? I did. Way? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, that, that was weird. weird. Bumping that music <laughs> and speeding way too fast. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Perfect example. Perfect example. So we could be all in, we could all be an automated one. We would be yes. sure we'd be, we'd be bumping the music, but it would be safely driving us at exactly the right, correct, Dude. legally approved speeds, and we'd just get there home safe. Oh my gosh, yes! <laughs> For those of you who don't know, at my wedding, a bunch of us piled in a Tesla Model X, so I felt safely, very safe. For sure, for sure. But the, the driver driving one of my relatives <laughs> was intoxicated. It was that this person's car. And exactly. it was like freaking the Formula One Indy 500 with <laughs> great music just blasting. That's exactly oh right. My... 
that's that's where yes. the choice is. That's that's where the AI doesn't get to choose to speed or blow through stoplights or, you know, if it can interpret the right thing, it's going to do that as it's coded to do. And humans, though, they can just decide like, oh, we're on a 35 mile an hour road. Let's gas. It. Let's see if we can get up to 60 or whatever. Exactly. It's four in the morning. There's no one here. We'll, yeah, we'll, exactly. we'll just race. <laughs> and yeah. in, that, in that time, we could even be more partying and having the beats going in the car on our way home instead while it's safely driving us and uh we could totally ignore the whole uh circumstances so it's it, i i find it very freeing i think the idea of it's really freeing actually it's very freeing and i i think our i hope that our listeners mm. or listener if there's only one of them out there mm. understands the concept that you are saying is that the technology isn't going to mess up in the sense that a human has a choice. Like, there's right. a massive fucking difference. Right. Human, if there's a stoplight, a stop sign, a speed limit, there is going to be no flaw in that aspect. Right. And, and that's where, like, in physics, uh, that's what I'm talking about. We need to get to a benchmark. So if 97% of the time the AI can detect it's a stop sign, it's always going to stop. But... 97% of the time, a human doesn't have to choose to stop without a stoplight. And that's the interesting thing that we've normalized and we're totally cool with. And we accept it as kind of the risks of vehicle driving now. Yeah. And these are those things that we just need to get it to a benchmark where it's at an acceptable level of highness. Now, there's going to be a couple of times it might not detect a stoplight and then it'll go through the stoplight. But the AI is not going to say, oh, I see the stoplight and I'm going to go through it anyways. That's the difference right now. Yeah. Right now, that's what humans do. <laughs> we do do that. Yeah, it's not going to be like, oh, the owner of my car really has to get to this meeting. So we're just going to kind of, you that know, kind of thing. Fudge, mm -hmm. the, fudge the numbers a little bit today. For it's sure. It's not that an option. And one of the things about um, high traffic incident areas mm. in each city, they tend to be in the same areas because you have a high number of cars all coming in um coming across each other like an intersection that makes sense of different of different highways mm. and uh it's that there's so much traffic that they're always trying to fudge the lights and then right. people are timing lights in various things like that another and great it example eliminates that. It and eliminates that, that. that it eliminates that that exact kind of pushing the limit on the red lights and everything that we everyone always does exactly yeah. it's gonna play by the rules every time and that's you know, the, if there's a yeah if there's a thousand accidents in one city in a month it's not scattered it is they are usually majority of them are central are centrally located around a certain um intersection and then you'll have maybe 30 scattered throughout the city and 70 percent will be in like two major areas that there's these major intersections and then it just wipes those out that's a really good example i didn't even think of that actually that's a yeah. that's a great uh because that often happens in how many times we push the limit on the yellow light and that thing simply yeah. won't do that it just simply doesn't uh, that's not its whole thing what's mm -hmm. also fascinating that got me thinking about that is what is insurance but pooled risk so you're all pulling your money mm -hmm. together to reduce risk well, guess what? What if the amount of claims goes way down? Then by de facto, your insurance should go down. So you're actually going to yes. be increasing everyone's profitability and uh, insurance affordability 
by not having everyone push the limits around these hotspot zones. So, I mean, there's lots of knock-on effects that are going to also happen that we can't even foresee right now at the moment, but that's just one that came to mind is literally all those incidents right now that are claims that have to be damages that have to be paid for on the, the insurance fund, that's going to free up money right there, and that's going to lower the cost for everybody. And there's there's going to be options. You're going to hop into your car, and it's going to say, it's going to say, Jesse, are we going on your, it's going to assume my routine to go right. to the gym at whatever time. And let's say I'm going three hours later because, you know, my, my child was sick or something. Right. You know? It'll say, would you, are, are you, I'm assuming you can go to the gym. Would you like to go your normal route? Because if we go on this route, it'll be quicker due to traffic at this time. Exactly. Or, you know what? Can we take this route? Because I like the scenery. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, no problem. And it's going to, it's going to give you options. Do you want your a normal route? The fastest route? Do you want this longer route? Less traffic, less stop and go. And it's that stuff is going to take even more stress that we have that's unconscious stress that we're just like in the stop and go of traffic, you know? Exactly. And it's going to, there's just going to be a lot of easing on our lives, which, you know, I think we're going to take for granted, but people are going to really appreciate it initially. And then it's going to be that in 50 years, people are like, what do you mean you guys, that you guys just like stressed out in the car and had, you guys couldn't do anything because there's going to be generations that live that way. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, and uh, yeah, I can even tell you from moving from Reno at the five o'clock hour to here, you just find yourself. I now realize I would just find myself like the equivalent of gritting your teeth when you're in the stop and go. We don't even have to do all that. That's, that's our just focusing. We're constantly using energy to focus on the road and the brain is reacting accordingly. Imagine freeing all that stress up. Like you're literally just freeing yeah. all the extra stress that we normalize right now. We put it on ourselves and we have to do it as par for the course. But what if you didn't have to do that? The generations yeah. in the future will be like, I can't even believe you guys live like that. That's so crazy. You guys did that to yourselves every day. That's crazy. And when, and when cars are, there's going to be a scale, a certain scale right. that when we have X percent of cars that are automated, it will literally get rid of traffic because right. people don't understand that traffic isn't because of the number of cars traffic is because there was someone who merged or did was merging on or off who was on their brakes too hard. Right. And then it can be a half mile, quarter right. mile, half mile or mile back. That's where all the cars had to stop because of someone's, um, their on ramp off ramp, and right. not keeping with the flow of traffic. And if you look, it always ends up happening far back where there's, then it's just a habit of everyone having to hit their brakes, everyone's slowing down, and then they're freeing up. But then it continues to go right. behind them where people are having to, are forcing, being forced to slow down, and then people will speed back up. I had heard that there's like a real view, and you like watch it. Um, frame by frame and you can speed it up you can see oh it started way up here and then back here is a boom 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 and it had knock-on effects all the way down the line yeah. i think i remember reading some about there's like even mathematical formulas they use for traffic planning 
And it's often caused by some granny staying through a, a, a grain too long and early and having knock-on effects all the way down the line to exactly yep. somebody hitting the brakes too soon and too hard, causing further uh, disruptions. And these kind of mathematical formulations that cause disruptions down the line will be greatly smoothed out, greatly yep. smoothed out by an AI that's now coordinating together. And, of course, you can definitely imagine once each one can detect on its own autonomously, then, of course, why wouldn't you also map as many together as they can so they can even further coordinate together like a flock of birds? They'll be coordinating yeah. together and literally they, just just gliding through traffic, just gliding. It'd be and they, lovely. And, they will. And, and one of the things that Tesla is going to do is if there's 20, 30 Teslas on the freeway, there's going to be some sort of communication because of Between their routes them. where right. they're able to just weave in seamlessly in between each other to get off, get on. And they exactly. there's no anticipating, are they going to accelerate onto this on-ramp? Exactly. On off -ramp? Or should I accelerate? Oh, fuck. Oh. And it's How often do we? Yeah, exactly, on. dude. Totally. How often do we do that exact thing in driving? We don't know what the other guy's going to do. So we're like waiting to, yeah, dude, totally. None of that. There's none of that. There's a flock of birds right now. We're just barely, we're like a hive of bees or something, stepping on each other constantly. So it's it's a it's pissed off chaotic, beehive. a pissed off beehive, and we don't turn signal and and anticipate, and we stay in the lanes too long, anticipating what the other driver is going to do. It's crazy. It's totally crazy, yeah. and we don't even I think about it. It's till, normalized. I can't wait till kids read in the history books and be like, "Road rage was a thing." You guys, <laughs> you guys road rage. You guys are crazy, <laughs> <laughs> and we can road stop the car. And scream at each other like the the computer won't let you stop, you know. So you'll just keep going, and your little anger incident will pass instead of turning into a huge drama that changes wrecks lives. So it's it's so many knock on effects. So many you could see that really we've normalized quite a a rough thing, and and calling that normal. And everyone's so fe everyone's always fearful of the future and what it brings. But there's ways of looking at it where it doesn't have to be like that. You know, there's mm -hmm. this is this is this exercise today was a. This talk today was a kind of exercise in um, thinking about it on another angle, you know. So, pretty cool. Right. I'm I'm excited about it. I think it's really uh, really interesting, and and I think ultimately is it's going to be freeing. Uh, I uh, you know, there's only the thing is that you can hop on the road and drive yourself, and I get that. But um, think about how many uh, bonuses you're going to get from freeing yourself up from that. So ultimately, I think that's going to outweigh any benefits or of hopping in your roadster and cruising the roads. And I get that. But, um, you know, everything, no, it's a double-edged sword. You never get anything for free, of course. So I think this is a, a prime spot to cut it off. Otherwise, if we jump to any other topic, it'll be another hour. For sure. Any other, that's no, that's a great, uh, great segment to cut it because the one thing I can say is that the uh, Q4 came in for Tesla and it's rough, but I think this is overall that the, the the money biting is finally biting. People are just buying less stuff, you know? So it's ultimately, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily sales for <clears throat> um, Tesla. It's more just that big ticket items, everyone's pulling back. The uh, Fed raising rates is, is finally really starting to buy everybody, you know, credit card debt and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. There's just less money. So uh, once that changes, that dynamic changes, people will be buying buying them up again, for sure. No question in my mind. Yeah. And, yeah. We we gotta uh, we gotta eventually 
support Mr. Elon. For sure. Yeah, I'm definitely always thinking about how I, I can do it. And uh, one of the you ways... Have is stock? I do have Tesla stock. Yeah. Um, not, yeah, not a I lot. Any, yeah. I tell everyone, like, mm -hmm. if... I don't, I'm like, I don't know, man. If I knew what stocks were going to be the greatest, I, For sure. I would be in a whole different part of my life. But Elon is one guy who you just should never bet against. And I think, right. I tell everyone, like, I would just buy Tesla stock. If I was going to give you one to do, why not Tesla? The thing about stock investing that drives me insane and most people with any kind of common sense is that you're so focused on the, Q, the quarterly numbers. You're not seeing the bigger picture. And yeah. his ability to get things done, that would be a, a bad thing to bet against because the amount yeah. of things he's been able to say that they said it was impossible and he's been able to achieve, uh, he's been able to pull it off. Also, the one other thing with Tesla is that it's unlike GM, which if you're just talking about car margins, that's one thing. But Tesla makes and does a whole lot more than just cars. Yeah. So that's something to consider as well. With the, when you're investing in Tesla, you're investing more than just in a car company. They do make the majority of the revenue in cars right now, but they also do a lot of other things that GM doesn't even dabble in. So yeah. something to consider. AI all the way to energy, um, like the power banks. I mean, if you were to reduce greatly the cost of battery manufacturing, the power banks would be fantastic. Even if you don't have solar panels in your house, Imagine if you have some power banks, the power goes out for a couple hours like it often does in the rural areas like this, but you just had a power bank that it would switch to and use while you need it. That's like, boom, I would absolutely buy one. No question. And Tesla makes these some of the best power banks that there is. And so they've already, they already have make them. It's just that right now they can't make them at the scale that would really be transformative because the cost of battery manufacturing well, guess what? Mm -hmm. Guess what Tesla's doing? They're working hard on lowering battery manufacturing right now. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. Boom. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna hit stop, and I think we got.